it's a huge amount of effort. Um, but if if you're passionate about you it, you know why you're doing it. You're doing it for a reason. Hello and welcome to this episode of Living a Messy Life. I'm Carmel Creative and I'm so glad that you're here. This podcast is about self-love, how you are really needed on this earth and just getting back to yourself. And I really hope that you get a lot out of this podcast and that you feel so much more positive and refreshed and excited about life than when you first pressed play. Hello, I'm so glad that you're here joining me. I'm very excited. This is my first episode. Today, I'm going to be joined by the wonderful Nikki Carvel. Nikki is a Sydney-based DJ. She picked up DJing a little bit later in life. I will let her tell most of her story herself, how she came uh, into DJing. But since she has started, she has built up a very impressive resume. She's being booked to play support for people like Basement Jacks, Jamie Jones, Frankie Rosado, Route 94, Matt Joe, and she's also got a weekly residency on Mumba Radio. Nikki also produces her own music and has released on UK House label In It Together Records. She also runs Sydney DJ School, and I'm very excited to be joined by her, and we're going to have a great chat. Nikki, thank you so much for joining us. So great to have you here. Oh, thank you, Carla. It's always great to have a chat with you. First up, right off the bat, I want to ask you about your recent trip to the UK. My dad had been diagnosed with cancer, which had kind of triggered the I've got to just go kind yeah. of um, decision. So I've been, I, I knew I was going to go at some point, but I was a bit like procrastinating about when and didn't book anything. And mm. then that kind of triggered me to go and... Um, and just book it. So um, when was that? When was when did you get that news? So that will have been about July, end of July time. Um, like it's he's been. How's he doing? He's doing really well. So okay. yeah, he's going through treatment at the moment yeah. and stuff. Um, out of all of the cancers, this is like the most sort of treatable. So grateful that it's uh, not. But it did prompt me to go, right, I've just got to go and see them. I haven't seen them for so long. Like pre-COVID sort of? Oh, before that, because my, so my parents came over to Sydney in sort of September, October 2016. And then I was due to go over in um, October 2020 for my mum's 70th. Mm. And then obviously that didn't happen. So it was all coming March 21 for my dad's 70th, and then that didn't happen. Gosh. And then having to just wait for all the travel and all, everything to kind of settle down before um, I could go. So, um, like, fortunately, I got to spend my mum's um, birthday with her. So right. that was in October. Um, but um, yeah, so that kind of triggered me going. Like I say, the company I was working with at the time were was super supportive and said they are happy for me to work from there. I have a, a really diverse team, like in India and the yeah. Philippines and stuff, so it made no difference where I was located. Yeah. Um, I just needed to work Australian hours, which right. was a bit of a challenge. Oh my in gosh! The UK. Absolutely. Um, but it was only it was four days for one of the weeks and four days for um, the the final week, so it, it okay. was doable. Yeah, it wasn't too painful. Um, yeah, and then in the middle week, um, went to Ibiza oh and it was amazing. How did you, how did you manage to make that happen then when you only knew in July that you're like, right, I've got to get over to the UK to yeah. see my dad. Like this is yeah. time sensitive now. Yeah. How did it, what did you do then? Did you go, I'm going to make something happen in the other, like at the same time yeah what kind of like my intention even from the start of the year was to go to Ibiza at some right. point in like, like in this year okay um it was on my sort of vision board yeah. you know all of that kind of stuff that you do from a planning perspective Amazing. but not putting the detail in yeah. but that's where I'm putting the intention out the intention was there yeah um but um yeah like I say procrastination and stuff had just kind of stopped me from booking right. the flights and okay. just getting on with it 
And obviously, there's lots of other things you need to think about, like, you know, oh if you've got kids and all that kind work. of stuff. Work, how long do I go for, where mm-hmm. do I stay, how much is it going to cost me, right. like, all of these things that kind of um, were always in the back of my I, mind. But I feel like it had to happen, I mean, what if, if you'd have gone before July Yeah. to Ibiza and not necessarily spent that time with your dad. I don't know if maybe you would anyway, but it feels like it was kind of meant to be anyway, right? it all kind of just fell into place, basically. Made you wait a bit. Yeah, not great reasons, but it did fall into place. Yes. Um, And and I believe that that is life in general. Like, things do have a way of just kind of clicking into place, and sometimes you're not expecting something to come left field like that and, and to kind of trigger it, but... Um, I wanted to go to Ibiza, obviously I wanted to play in Ibiza, but it, it was, whether I was playing or I wasn't playing, okay. I wasn't going to go. Gotcha. Right? Um, but the goal was to have a, a, a gig. Right. Um, and had you been to Ibiza as like a younger never, person never living been. in the UK? No. When did you move to Australia? How um, old were you? Oh, 31-ish. Okay. But, so all of my friends were going to Ibiza, sort of, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. And it was somewhere that I obviously always wanted to go. Right. I was hugely into the house scene in the UK. Um, I just never got there. Like, I was always going somewhere else. I'd go to Greece or, you know, there'd be somewhere else that I was going. With, like, Um, family and stuff. Family and and partners at the time and things. Um, That's incredible. So, yeah, just never went. And then had kids and stuff and life moved on and moved to Australia so yeah for me it was a I've just got to go and check the place out even if nothing else I've never been now I want to go yeah (laughs) oh my gosh okay great Um, done now it's going on my vision board yeah vision board 2023 um so yeah it was but I've been working um with somebody like as a social media coach um, um Michael Boland I've been working with him now for Oh, probably just over a year. Um, okay, a social media coach, is he to do with music and the arts specifically or not even? So, yeah, so he was the social media manager for Cafe Mambo in oh, Ibiza. Okay. So that's um, when, where he was working at the time that we started working together. Okay. Um, and he was helping me with, like, getting my socials into some sort of shape. I still have work to do. Sure. But still uh, looking better than they were. Um, and he had helped me get the Mambo radio show at, like, at the end of last year was when it all kind of fell into place and then it, it kicked off in January with my yep. first show. Um, but then he moved to Ocean Beach um, and he's now there booking, um, manager for for Ocean Beach so he had said to me when I'd said I want to come to Ibiza that he would see if he could get me on there but I didn't think anything would happen like it was in a conversation it wasn't like set in stone or anything yeah of course Um, and I know that he was getting emails left right and centre from all sorts of people significantly more um, you know progressed in the the Mm -hmm. field than I was right and he was having to say sorry we can't we can't get you on so I'm thinking there's absolutely no chance of him being able to, to book me. Right. And So he tried. He'd mentioned you, do you mean? No, so, so there's no way we can so get you we on. Were what having, do you mean by that? We were having conversations about other artists that had reached out to him to say they wanted to go and play there. Gotcha. And he's saying... I've caught up. Yeah. Sorry, we can't get you on. Yeah. People who were are more who, higher up than you, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, yeah, definitely. In the experience. Gotcha. So I'm thinking, yeah, that this isn't going to happen, but I yeah. want to go and check the place out. Brilliant. And that kind oh of stuff. Gosh, and if I, I, I can story get something else while I'm there, anywhere. Um, so, yeah, so when I booked the flights and that, he said, oh, I'll see what we can do because the season is coming to an end. So okay. it, there's more flexibility and things. Mm-hmm. Um, so the timing, I think, was, like, perfect. Incredible. And... Um, which you wouldn't have done, which you would have booked in the main season. If, yeah, if yeah, just probably gone freely. Season. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, so anyway, I set off from Sydney not having a gig booked or anything and get to um, Bristol. And I was there for about a day. And then he sends me a voice note going, hey, Nikki, um, do you want to come and play Soul Heaven closing party on the 1st of October? And I was like, let me think about that. Oh my gosh. Uh, yes. <laughs> so oh, I thought so amazing. 
thought, you know, I'd be playing at like 10 o'clock in the morning to the cleaners as they're setting the venue up or something, but I don't care. That's, uh, I'm, as long as I've got a gig there and I get to experience it. Then he said, oh, you'll be playing at 5.30pm, which is like just before the peak time DJ. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh my gosh. And it started to feel a bit real then. And then I'm like, what do I play? I've never, because I've never been. So I'm used to playing at venues where I've been. No, I know what to do. That's it. Or I, at least I've, the promoter I know and I know the type of event that they put on. Right, you've got so I know you. what to play. Now, how far out are you? Because you're already in Bristol. When are you a, booked for? A week? Like a, how many a, days? Um, this was a week out? Yeah, a week. A week out for me going. So you get seven days notice? Actually, no, sorry, it was two weeks out. It, okay. Or just, yeah, just near about that. About going two weeks. from when you get the information to when you have to play. Yes. All right, yeah. that is a nice little, yeah. <laughs> little of cushion of, mm. uh, make a set, get a set So right Exactly. It's like, what the hell do I play? Like, I know that Soul Heaven is sort of disco house stuff, so at least I'm in the right Good. sort of right. ballpark. You could, yeah. Didn't need to play a techno set. No, you should book appropriately. Yeah. Um, but I had no idea what the vibe was like. So he sent me their pla- like a playlist that he'd done for um, for Soul Heaven, mm-hmm. for Ocean Beach, like from the start of the season. And he said, just have a listen to this and see, like, you know, this is the type of mm-hmm. thing that we want to play. And they have a motto there, which is celebrate, not educate. So you don't need to go there and feel like you've got to Beautiful. show something new because they're not into that they're just, just want people a good time yeah they just want to hear tunes that they love yeah. and can sing along to and Gorgeous. dance to and i was like well that makes life easier as well yeah um that's really nice yeah so i spent um like i did a little bit of travel in the uk i went up to leeds to see my besties which was amazing so i spent like all the time on the bus or on the train listening to his um playlist and then starting to create my own off the back of that so yeah. once I'd known the vibe then I could just go and get the tunes that I wanted to play yeah. um so yeah started pulling all the tracks together and um yeah like did you get a bunch of stuff that you didn't have um, or did you did you mainly pull from from your library? It was a combination of I'd probably fifty fifty. Yeah, like, you want some stuff that you feel. Yeah, like I've done this before. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there was a lot of stuff that I had, but then I got a lot of new stuff from from producers that I've like only recently found um, that I've been loving their stuff. Mm. Like, because when I look for music, I don't look for who it's by, what label it's on. Like, that's irrelevant. It's mm. do I like the track and does it fit with my vibe? And yeah. if it is in my car, play it. Um, but what I found was there was a few producers through doing that, that I, I'm always buying their tracks. Yeah. So then I could go into their catalogue yeah. and find some extra stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, I managed to like pull a, a list together and then sort of worked through how I was going to play the set. Um, cause I'm a planner. I get that you, you know, DJs need to be able to just go and play and I can absolutely go and do that. But I want to plan and I want to take people on my journey yeah. rather than me like waiting for them to tell me what journey they want to go on. Yeah. It's like if if you plan properly, you should be able to take people on on a journey. And that's when the part of the planning is knowing the venue, the crowd. Exactly. Preferably yeah. having been there, but if you've sussed out, you've got a playlist, you're yeah. okay, this will Yeah. Like, this should be accept an acceptable Yeah. And if it's not you go to something else, right. but at least I think trying to get them on that journey yeah, that's cool. is, um, that's how I approach it. Mm. I know everybody's got their different views on, on that and mm. what DJs should do, but I think if you've got the flexibility to try and take them on a journey and then if it's not working, move to somewhere else, yeah. then that's how I kind of approach oh, nice. stuff. Um, and I would say a good 95% of the time, that pre-planned journey when I've done that has like, worked. worked a dream. Um, so yeah, so that's what I did for, for Ocean Beach. Um, it was the, so we were there for six nights and it was the fifth night or the fifth day mm. um, that I was playing. So I spent the whole break stressing yeah, about the course. fact that I had this gig. Um, and things like I haven't been on my decks for two weeks, will I still know how to use them? You know, 
all totally. ridiculous sort totally. of things that come into your head. Um, and then the night before, we were going to um, the defected closing party, but we went to the pre-party at Cafe Mambo, and we walked past Ocean Beach, and I did a little video to go, like, and it was meant to be, oh my God, I'm, you know, tomorrow I'm going to be playing here, I can't wait. And I actually got, like, really overwhelmed by it, and really emotional yeah. about the fact that this is actually going to happen tomorrow. And, um, yeah, so it was just a real sort of, oh my God moment. But the day before as well, they put the promo out, and it was special guest. Oh Nikki my gosh, I remember that actually. Like, Holy shit. Yeah, how was that possible? Yeah, it was just really like surreal. Like all the things that I'd kind of been thinking about, how what I would love to happen and love to do, were sort of coming to fruition. And it, you know, as much as you visualize these things happening, um, it is different when it is actually happening. It's like, oh my God, this is real. Like, what was it like when you were actually playing? What were you saying? Did you have some inner dialogue? Do you remember? I some inner dialogue. Do you remember some of it? Uh, yeah, like, well, even from arriving there, so um, my brother was with me, which was, again was lovely Beautiful. to have some time with him. Um, I don't think we'd ever been away together, like just the two of us. So that was mm. a really nice thing to happen. Is but, he older or younger? Uh, younger. Um, and yeah, when I got there, they like sort of showed me where um, the DJ booth was and that, and then they're going, oh, and here's your runner, and you know, tell them what you want. Oh my like, gosh. Do you want any food? Do you want some drink? And I'm like, what? You, I don't get my three sort of bar vouchers. Right. <laughs> you know, it was An like, endless whatever you want. Yeah, it was like you know, just tell them what you want. But and I'm like, oh, I'll have a beer, please. Yeah. And then they're like cocktails start coming out and and stuff. But it, so it was weird to be in a totally different environment where they treat the DJs with, you know, like absolute reverence, respect and really. reverence. Like the pay for it was neither here nor there. The whole experience was like just something else. It was really different. And then I met Michael in the flesh, who I you know been working with for so long and Lovely. never actually seen each other in person. Yeah. Um, and he showed us around the venue and stuff. So that was really nice to kind of get into you know the detail of what what goes on there, yeah. how it all operates and and things and. So this was all before I played because mm. I wanted to get there early and just oh, like, gosh, check yes. it out and make sure that what I was planning on playing was actually going to work. Um, and then yeah, then I just kind of and was there someone on before you? Yeah, there yeah. was a guy on before me who um, was playing a you know, perfect sort of set for the the time of day and um, and it complemented what I was planning on playing. So um, like you know, popular sort of classic housey. Um, tunes basically um so yeah then it was my turn to to jump on the decks and i'm like oh my god this is it it's becoming real mm. um but yeah once i played like a couple of tracks yeah. that's it, it was it? like i was in my element amazing absolutely loved it um i had a cheer crowd from the hotel so i'd met a couple two couples that were from the uk and um i put them on my guest list and they were like behind me in the DJ Brilliant. booth. That's nice. And they it? were like proper house heads. So oh, yeah. it was um, really nice to have somebody there. And then they have lots of sort of um, like visual things happening there. So okay. they have this big like disco ball comes in with dancers in it and stuff. And wow. Then, yeah. And they have Elvis. Um, they're marrying couples, um, like people queue up and they get a shot of something. Oh like my God. So there's just all this sort of stuff going on um, around me and at the same time. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was amazing. A dream. Yeah, absolute dream. Definitely a big tick yeah. in my kind of career so far. So yeah. well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you this in terms of... Um... You know when you, I don't know if you relate to this, but for me, if I'm, so I've got these two things going in tandem. I don't know that you have this, but one, I really want to do all this sort of creative stuff and it's very there. And on the other hand, it's this sort of needing to prove yourself kind of a thing, which mm -hmm. I think a lot of people have. Yeah. And I find that if, you know, I get something big 
it used to. I think I've probably made some progress with it, but the, then it it wears off, and you need the next big thing. In terms of, and yeah. that's when it's not in a good way. Yeah. But I feel like when you're in a when you're in a healthy sort of state with yourself where you've got sort of self-love in there and you know why you're doing what you're doing yeah. and it's yeah. really authentic and it's about the art for art's sake yeah and it's sort of it's for you in a community but it's not to prove yourself absolutely yeah. then it stays with you that event is like yeah. magical it's not like it wears off and you're like i need some i need another thing yeah. to to achieve it's like you yeah. could sort of retire now kind of and you're, you're happy and of yeah. course you, you, you'll have other goals but yeah. in like a healthy way not yeah. in a oh absolutely you know because it's so authentic and yeah are you I, I suspect yeah. it's that yeah I, I am not doing this because I've got sort of I want to be famous it's no. not it's got nothing to do with that I do it because I'm absolutely passionate about it and I love seeing people have fun from something that I'm able to provide to them. And um, yeah, like I do have goals. I've got some huge goals that I'm chipping away at working towards, but they're not for anybody else, they're for me. Like that's because that's where I want to be. Mm. And I feel that if I can get there, that I'll be um, giving the most I can give to the most people that are willing to accept it. And that's, that's the goal, like, not because it's, see, I, I, I genuinely don't care what anybody else kind of thinks about it, and, yeah. you know, um, but it, that is hard, I think, like, it's something that I teach the people that come to the DJ school as well, it's about, you know, that staying in your own way mm. kind of thing, um, in the early days, you are comparing yourself with everybody else, and you do feel that when you get a good gig, like, it's, oh yeah I've got that and they didn't kind of thing and you know that's that's human nature yes. I think but when you work on yourself and work on on not behaving in that way yeah. then it, the world changes for you and I think you become you care less about what everybody else is doing um, you are su more supportive of what everybody else is doing because when you see somebody get something you are genuinely happy for them not bitter and, and once you get into that place, it is such a nice place to be in because you're not, you don't care about what everybody else is doing. And I don't mean that in a negative no. way. You're just not focusing on their stuff. You're focusing on mm. your own and you will create better energy from that. I think what that is, I couldn't agree more and I'm on that journey as well. Yeah. I'm a work in progress with it. Yeah. But I've been more and more aware of that the last couple of years the more sort of self-help stuff I'm doing yeah the more aware of my tendencies and what's behind it what is actually happening and analyzing it and not yeah. just letting this sort of be letting my emotions or sort of I mean kind of childhood trauma like childhood um programming yeah the way that you then sort of are if you don't challenge it you yeah. sort of become a product of oh, of things that were not helpful yeah and and beliefs that have come about yeah. that are not great and yeah. for me and I'm sure for a lot of people it's that you know, I need, to, it's my self-worth coming from it. Yeah. So if someone else is achieving something that I wanted to achieve and I haven't achieved it, yeah. what that tells me, it, it reaffirms that my self-worth is not much. Yes. It reaffirms, yeah. so because we're always looking, you know this, I'm yeah, sure, we're always yeah. looking for evidence to support our belief. Yes. And if you believe deep down you're not really worth much, yeah. that will affirm that. Absolutely. And then you're going to be not feeling great and happy for that other person yeah. because that's just shown you what you already knew, which is that you're rubbish. Yeah. But if you work on your self-worth, that you are inherently valuable yeah. just for walking this planet. Yeah. And you're just as good. We're not just as good as everyone else. We're all exactly the same and equal. Yeah. yeah. And that then from that place, you can then tap into the things that you've got to give. And I think that's just Absolutely. so yeah. encouraging what you're saying about, about the goals that you're setting is so that you can give everything you've got to offer for those who want to accept it. I mean, yeah. that is perfect for, like, in terms of, like, marketing, in terms of this is for, there are people who want this. Yeah. Whatever you are, there are people there. Yeah. And if you just stick with that, you will make some people happy. Yeah. 
And you won't so make these people happy. You yeah. won't make the people who want to be... Like, for example, that gig you played, you won't make people who were there stroking their chin wanting to be educated. Yeah. Like, the, that was, <laughs> you weren't looking to serve those people. No. And then no. whatever you're doing, as you in general, you're looking to give it to those who it will... Yeah, who want to receive it. Who want to receive it. And who, it will yeah. make their lives better. It will yeah. give them joy. That yeah. is that is sort of the utopia, really, there. It is. but it, And it takes work and effort to get to that point I think like I've worked with loads of coaches and stuff and read loads of books and audio books I'm not a big reader but <laughs> totally. uh, yeah. listened to lots of when, books when did you start doing this work and was it when you went into doing music or was it with your like corporate job before that yeah when did you become aware and um probably it started when I was in my in the corporate world. Like okay. I had goals that I wanted to achieve in that, so I I sought out mentors and and things to help me with that, and worked with a few people. So I've always kind of looked to to get um, as much information and knowledge from other people as I can to help me with where I want to go. Um, but I think moving into music has been um, probably more of a catalyst to invest a lot more time and effort in that kind of stuff right um so yeah i think i've always done that but not to the extent that i do it now and continue to mm. do it now i still work with coaches and things was was with the corporate thing was that thing was that more <laughs> um about bettering yourself in your job rather than sort of developing uh like challenging your your ways of thinking and, and like you know looking yeah. at competitors in your field and oh, was it, more... it was probably a little bit of both okay so um my like I, I my ultimate goal when I started out in my sort of corporate career was to be a CIO and so everything I was kind of doing the jobs I was doing were aiming towards that mm-hmm. um so the the mentor that I had um for a while was trying was like helping me think sort of a bit outside the box about well how can you show people that you have the the skills and capability to do that role Mm -hmm. and what can you do um here in this organization that isn't in your job description Mm -hmm. at the moment but that you could tap into or start leading and stuff so I I led a um like an innovation program so I put that together and built the whole thing for people to start to submit their ideas and we had a committee so that we could review the ideas and stuff so all that was well and truly outside of my you know my normal day job right and but it showed that I was looking to improve the organization and looking to give people avenues to to kind of um you know, put their ideas forward mm. and things. So it was stuff like that, like looking for ways to show that I could do more mm. than what I was just employed to do. Um, and that really helped, like that did help me massively. It got me onto a huge program of work. I was running like six streams within the program um, and exposure to a whole heap of stuff just by going outside of my sort of confined mm. job description which also gets you outside your comfort zone right oh massively yeah which is just massively. a great skill like, yeah which is very transferable it is and I, anything. I think from that that's really helped with the music stuff because i just throw myself in at the deep end like you know the the very first gig i had as a dj i hadn't even finished my course and i was like i remember you yeah, got an amazing gig booked at the ivy yeah and it was like that's just crazy isn't it yeah and but because i wanted to do it like the, as soon as i started learning i was like oh my god i love this yeah like, i i just want to play um and you know I, I see people that are excellent djs but don't put themselves forward yeah. for things because they're waiting for perfection yeah. and perfection never comes no. and so you will they will never ever like play live or they'll never put a track out or you know all right. of those things because they're waiting for it to be perfect which i think is fear oh yeah it's fear of like failure or fear of what other people are going to think and of them and, yeah and, and it's fear of discomfort as well like yeah people like to be comfortable yeah it's very normal it's very human oh it is there's so many that are like that right yeah. i so i've known this from so um, okay so i 
I was like five when I went, oh my gosh, this is me, this is my life, this yeah. was on violin. Yeah. I'm like, this is who I am, without having those conscious <laughs> thoughts, because I'm five, but I'm yeah, just yeah. something drawn to it, crying. Yeah. I saw it, my sister played a, a concert in primary school, she was playing piano, she was older than me, and then yeah. um, someone played the violin. I'd heard the piano all the time, piano, yeah, whatever, yeah, I played yeah. a bit, whatever. Yeah. But it was the first time I saw the violin played live. Yeah. I just lost it. Yeah. And... It was just my soul, my heart, my whole being, something. So I cried and cried till my parents could give me a violin. I played the egg slicer, which you put your oh. chin where the egg goes, yeah. you know, till they got me on. Yeah. Um, but for me, I had this real... I had no information. My parents didn't know anything about becoming a musician. Yeah. They were fairly hands-off parents as well, and so there wasn't a lot of talk about how to make this happen. Yeah. I think this is... I feel like this is so common that there was no... Um, so I didn't know about the 10,000-hour rule yet. Didn't yeah. find that out until way later. Yeah. And I knew I had this thing within me, but I also knew I sounded like shit because I'm five and I couldn't reconcile those two ideas. Yeah. And the frustration was like, I'd like whip my bow through the air and make a big like this. Yeah. I was yeah. so <laughs> mad because I didn't sound like the record my dad was playing. Yeah. And got no help no one going you're gonna sound like shit you're five yeah and ten thousand hours and do this for two weeks and it will sound slightly better after two weeks and you know all of that sort of thing so there was that not knowing how to sort of get better not knowing what it took effort wise which i would have i wanted i would have done but i just didn't have that info yeah and then the other thing was no path no no how is this going to happen so i went from like violin to viola to singing yeah And then, you know, I'm going to be a famous singer. That's not really a a strategy and a plan. (laughs) I'm told I'm talented. I'm winning competitions. I'm thinking the phone's going to ring. And actually, I think this is a really useful bit from Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, if you've seen any of that. Yeah, I've seen a little bit of that, yeah. Jerry, it's a great bit where Jerry, he interviews Alec Baldwin twice so far that I've seen in episodes, and one of them, Alec Baldwin says he's got, he does this bit about the, um, the, the something talent, something commission, you know, and this is the whatever. We've heard you're very talented. Uh, we've never, you know, <laughs> yeah. we've never heard of you, but your name's come across our desk and we're here to carry you over to the other side, you know. Yeah, like yeah. that, the Bureau of something. It yeah, does not. Doesn't no. So yeah. you're there going, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And if you don't have that within you to go, I'm really good at this, mum and dad, and I'm going to be this, and you know, like Britney Spears, move me to LA and I'll, you yeah. know, you don't know what to do. So yeah. nothing happens and yeah. time passes. And I had to take it into my own hands eventually and just go, you know, I had a bit of a, a catalyst sort of moment, yeah, a turning moment. And then when I need to figure this out and then I did all the research I could, why are these people getting careers? I don't have a career yet. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And then I did all that work and yeah. the research and then I followed in their footsteps and lo and behold, I had a yeah. classical singing career. Yeah. But so many people don't get that, yep. like even have that little moment and then go do the work. Yeah. And then they're just there. I'm good. I know I'm good. Yeah. And then you, it's your option to look around and go, why are they getting that? Yes. I should be getting that. I'm yeah. good. I could do that. Um, and it's a combination of, I think, the fear, the perfectionism, not really knowing what to do. Yeah. Waiting for someone to just make it happen for you. Yeah. Um, and when you know you about go through your fear, yeah, be uncomfortable. It's okay to be uncomfortable. You're not Absolutely. going to feel like it, yeah. But you've you've got to put yourself out there or go. What what can I do? Yeah, you yeah. don't have to be so. annoying and annoy people. No, just... but people shout out. I saw someone yeah. shouted out. It was the 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 Sunday service girls side boob. Oh yeah, Chrissy yeah. and Ellie. Yeah, they put out a shout out. Um, you know, we're looking for more, more people to play Sunday service. Yeah. Come on down to an event and um, say hello. Yeah. I saw that. Lots of people pressed like. Lots of people sent their SoundCloud link on there. Yeah. Didn't turn up. Though. Didn't turn up. I'm like, and I knew from my classical career and yeah. all I did to put myself out there and show up. Not cold calling, hey, I'm great. Show yeah. up. Yeah. Do the things. And um, I, she goes, I can't believe you showed up. Well, she booked me. Of course she booked you because you've done that. She said, send me a sound club. Yeah. Send me yeah. A, a, a mix. Absolutely. Send her a mix. Yeah. But all those people, she, she didn't say, like this post, yeah, I'm keen to play, 
So she said, come this to the event. This is exactly what I teach my students. And I've taught probably about 150 people how to DJ. Oh, that's incredible. And I can count on one hand the people that are putting into practice what I've told them, and they're the ones getting the gigs. And it is not rocket science. It's not. And it frustrates me beyond belief. Because it, it and you've told them, you've given them that info. Them the blueprint right. like how to do it. Because I didn't know anybody in Sydney when right. I got into the music stuff. Like, I've only been here a couple of years when um, like I decided to learn. Mm-hmm. Didn't have a network. If I was in the UK, it'd be oh, a different story. Like, I knew all the promoters. Like, yeah. It'd have been amazing. You grew up in it. But here... I did not know a soul in in the industry, so I. But you knew if you wanted it, you were going to have to I make knew it happen. What I needed to do. And what and did you do? So the very like a lot of things um, come from being supportive of other people. Like that is number one, and the um, like Rod Richards. Mm. So Rod Richards pre- presents events. Yeah. I used to go to them before I even decided to DJ. In fact, one of them is probably. Where I had the I'm going to go and learn to DJ Amazing moment. moment. Yeah. Um, Do you remember who you were saying? Uh, Boy George at okay. Cafe Del Mar, and it was you know right vibe, right crowd, loved the music, just really resonated with that brand. And then he put out a shout out for a competition, and it was for Marcus Schultz, and it was play support for Marcus Schultz. And I thought, do you know, I am just going to stick a mix in. Like, the worst thing that can happen is they don't listen to it and I never hear from them. Right. So I put a mix in and lo and behold, I got an email back. But in my submission, I'd said, I love your events. I've been coming along. I love the vibe and, you know, here's my mix. Um, So I get an email. Really loved your mix. You didn't win. You're on the guest list. Come and say hello. Now, so I went and do said, you know how many people, first of all, wouldn't have submitted a mix, yeah. wouldn't have been going to the events and have had that already to say, yeah. and then would not go after that email? Yeah. Because it's scary. Yeah. You're going somewhere you don't know anyone. Yeah. You're showing up, especially if, you, if you're on the guest list. Did you go alone or did you bring someone? Uh, my brother was over, so he came with me and I took a friend. Why? Did they have to buy well. tickets? Um, or did you get them on as well? Just out of curiosity. I can't remember now. I right. think one of them bought a ticket and right. the other one was on it. Fine. Like but imagine if you were only a plus one. Even that, even if you're like, yeah. I'll get someone, I'll buy a ticket so, yeah. so I'm not alone. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah. You go somewhere, it's a big event, it's, there's stuff going on, there's music, you're yeah. there walking around like a twat. Yeah. But you have to be willing to be a twat. Absolutely. And so many people are not willing. Yeah. And that again goes through to self worth, shame. Yeah. What's what you know? Make a big mistake publicly. Yeah. Like you've got one life. Go do it. Yeah. Okay. So so you show up. So yep. So I show up. See Rod. Introduce myself. He's like. You walked up to him and introduced yourself. Went up and introduced myself, and I'm like, you know, thank you for putting me on the guest list. This is awesome. It was actually the same night that I played at the Ivy. Oh. So it was like I went and did my gig at the Ivy. Then I had to go down there. And and did you say I just played the Ivy? Okay, carry on. Possibly. Yeah. Probably would have. No yeah, me, but, right. Yeah. Go in, just throw yeah, that just in. Just throw that in there. Which is all then uh, and useful. Yeah. So I introduced myself to him. Didn't see him again for the rest of the night. Okay. In, enjoyed the music, went home. Um, and then a, f- a few months later, so I think that was sort of September, October what year of are we in? 2019. Okay. Um, or was it 2018? 2018. Mm-hmm. Then early 2019, I got um, a message from him saying, Hey, do you want to be on the supporting lineup for Jamie Jones at home? And I was That's like, insane. Oh, let me think about that. Yes. That's thank incredible. You. So that was kind of all off the back of submitting a mix, going down and introducing myself, and then, you know months later right. so it's not like it was the next day he's gone oh yeah i'll put nikki on it was but months later. you're making me think the other thing here is you don't do and i know this isn't you but you don't do one thing i think a lot of people also if they get the courage to do what you did yeah and they never heard back say they never heard back would then give up because they've put all their eggs in that one basket yeah. this one thing happened nothing's come of it the yeah. other thing of course you could do is send a follow-up email 
Yeah. Right? If nothing happens. But go and try something else. I think we're waiting for the phone to ring from either no one or one person yeah. who might have said, like, what about um, the the guy, what, what was his name, your coach, your social oh, media Michael. coach? Yeah. Michael. Yeah. What if he'd... He, nothing might have come with the Ibiza thing, but you still follow up with something else, or you try someone else, or you keep going around. Yeah, like I do have, uh, I have oh. other contacts there, which right. I didn't reach out to in, in the end because I was happy with what I oh. got. Like uh, one, maybe just do one thing well. Yeah, and focus like, on that. I thought I, I couldn't have asked for anything more. Yeah, like um, so I didn't bother going. Oh, can I play here? Can I no, play? no, no. I did try and get on at Mambo. Great, um, but. They like they can't. They and Michael did ask if yeah. I could play there because um, I do the radio show for them every right, week. Of course. Um, but they they're just inundated with DJ yeah. requests and they're associated with a lot of brands in the UK and things and they can't even put all of those DJs yeah. on, so they couldn't just do no, it, which was fair enough. Um, but that would have been if I did those two were the only two mm. like that I kind of really focused on mm. um, but if, if the ocean beach hadn't come through there's other people i'd have reached out that's to, right like just to get a gig while i'm there that's it um and i think like what i've learned over this sort of journey is be brave mm. like i send tracks to record labels that are huge yeah. wow you know like defected like mm-hmm. tool room like glasgow underground and i get responses like, not because my music's amazing, but because of the way I form the email. Right. You know, it, it's genuine. I know the labels. I love the labels. I've got you know. There's, I can talk about what their values are mm. and, and associate with them, which is just respectful. Yeah. That's just respectful. Yeah. It's revering appropriately. Yeah. And not just hey, here's my music. I do this. I do this. Yeah. Like you'll love it. Yeah. It's an appropriate respect for who you're emailing. Absolutely. And I think that's the other thing, that taking that time to, re- I mean, to research, but as in you're, you're already a fan, you're, it's so genuine. Yeah. But, but not just randomly emailing people as if they're all the same people. Yeah. It's got to yeah, be like, why should they have you or why do you want to be with them? And that's, that takes effort. That takes knowing yourself. Yeah. That takes time, patience, and all of that is not, that quick, I want to be famous, I want to be successful, and that, because, or I want to have some, you know, tick some box for some self-esteem thing, yeah. and that's where it doesn't work, whereas if it is that genuine, yeah. and, and in order to get to that genuine thing, you do have to go through that fear, which is that mental work of, it's okay to fail. Yeah. Anyone who's, and, and you need, people need to hear this, anyone who's successful has failed so much more than someone who's not oh, successful. I've had- because you don't loads of rejection Great. emails, you know. But I've got emails, <laughs> and I've got feedback. But and you know that that's fine yes, and normal and part fine. of it. But if you don't know that, and you think being rejected yeah. means you're rubbish, yeah, that's no. a problem. Yeah, I think if you can be rejected and get feedback, mm. it's gold. Right. Like because then you can go away and work on that. Yeah. And the reason I email and send my music to these sort of labels isn't because I think I'm the best thing since sliced bread. I'm hurtling towards 50 and I don't want to start like just you know either no. self-releasing uh, or releasing on a friend's label or something I want to get in yeah, there yeah. and get my stuff out and and if I don't email these guys then I'm never going to know what they're looking for because you know it I could spend 20 years releasing on a whole bunch of other labels which would be great and I have released on other labels mm-hmm. and they've been amazing but it's until I get that feedback mm. from where I want my music to be, I'm never going to know what it is that I should be producing right. for them. And it's not that I would change my... Like, I'm not going to suddenly start producing Tech House because Glasgow mm. Underground wants it. No, not at all. It's, it's um, within what you're doing. Within what I'm doing. Like, you know, what are the, what's the thing that you're looking for here or how can I improve what I'm doing mm. here to get to, to be on your label? Mm. And that's... So I'm learning through that that process, but more importantly, creating contacts and a network through it. So now I can email somebody like Kevin Mackay at Glasgow Underground, and he'll respond to me and he'll give me feedback. And the thing is, you've deserved this because you've done 
you've worked hard, you've figured out what to do. And so anyone, you know, who would just go, oh, well, you know, completely, like, anyone who would whinge about you're getting this and they're not, yeah. there's no way they're doing what you're doing. Absolutely. And that's just what it takes unless you have someone lift you up and carry you. Yeah. And typically when that happens, you're not doing your genuine art either. They're going to, anyone who sort of carries you over, you've got to fit what they're doing, they're funding, you know. Yeah. If you're going to do you, you've got to do all this stuff. You just do. Yeah. You've got to do it yourself. You've got to do it yourself. Yeah. And it's hard work. Like, you know, doing your socials and your artwork. Creating your own events and all, all of that, that is <laughs> all of that is time on top of and knowledge and information on top of the music yeah. that you're either producing or, di- or playing oh, out. Yeah, it's so much. Um, yeah, it's a lot of time. It's, it's a huge amount of effort. Um, but if if you're passionate about you it, you know why you're doing it. You're doing it for a reason. I gosh, I had a question which was um, it's it's not a trick question, but you'll know that I know that you'll have the answer. <laughs> Why do you think, so you're approaching 50, you're going to be doing, you're going to do this. Why do you think you deserve to have your shot at what you want in this lifetime? You know? Yeah. Because you're like, I'm turning 50, I'm going to go for these things. I want my music out there. Yeah. I want to have done this. You want to be on your deathbed with no regrets. Yes. You, right? I get the idea. Absolutely. That you're, you had this moment where you went, oh my gosh, DJing. Yeah. And you want to, yeah, you want to put everything out that you can and be your best self and live your best yeah. life and give all you've got to give and have no... Why do you think you, and then presumably anyone else, but for yourself, why do yeah. you think I deserve to do this and put this time in and, and... I think, like, this is something that I hadn't really realised until I started DJing, that you are here once and you should be doing whatever fulfils you and not what fulfils everybody else. And I think... You know, you, I, I grew up with amazing parents, entrepreneurial, owned restaurants and nightclubs and stuff. So they weren't your bog standard nine to five mm. with no sort of drive to do other things. They're very driven people and have done like crazy stuff. So I don't, but I don't know why. And I think we might have had this conversation before. I don't know why I felt like I needed to be doing what everybody else expected me to be doing. And that was climbing the corporate ladder and get into an executive position and you know all of the where did things you get that message and well like, where did you pick it pick it up? i don't know like it just i think because i'm ambitious anyway mm. so i did i did have ambition with what i was doing but it what it was a retrospective thing when i've looked back that's how i felt mm. and it isn't necessarily that other people were saying oh i'm expecting you no, to no. be this or to do that um, I think, but to when I actually think about it, to a certain degree, some people were as well. Like you know, uh, bosses that I've had are like, you know, oh, you'll be doing my job. Um, mm. You know, it's these subtle messaging, subtle messaging that you makes you up. start to think, oh, that's what I need to be doing. Like that's the path I should be taking because they're they're in a great role and they're seeing me as being worthy. Of the person to take on their role and that had happened to me a few times in the corporate world I'd gone in as a you know a, a particular role and then the next thing I'm being sort of trained up to take on my my manager's mm. job mm. Um, or when the, the manager goes on holiday I'm the one that they put in while they're on holiday leave and yeah. I'm talking like senior roles in wow. huge organizations so you kind of get sort of to th- you know I, I think that that Condition me you to be feeling, into it then yeah. As well, it's just kind of all happening. Like it all happens, and you're falling into it. But you're creating this expectation um, that everybody has on you that you're going to be the next manager of this, you know, mm-hmm. um, of this team, or you're going to go into this role in this organization, or your ultimate role is going to be X, Y, and Z, and you start to sort of tread that path. Mm. And it wasn't until I, like I say, I started DJing and I thought, oh my God, I love this. And I've never said that about my day job. Right. Like, I've had some jobs that I, I have really enjoyed, but they don't make it's me feel... It's the up. Yeah, they don't make me feel like passion about something. And that's 
that's what's changed I think and now it's I do deserve to be happy and I do deserve to do what I want to do and I'm the only person that can make that happen that's it like I can't expect somebody else to do it for me and a lot of the like um sort of books that I've listened to and things are all about that about creating your own um worth and value and not letting everybody else dictate mm. or not that anybody else is dictating but I think you feel like everybody yeah. else is dictating that this is the path you should take or mm. you should feel like this no I'll decide how I'm going to feel right. and I'll decide which path I'm going to take mm. and it's something that I'm trying to you know tell my kids as well like don't do something because you think it's what you should be doing mm. do it because you love it mm. yeah um, it's yeah, so I think that everybody is entitled to be living their best life. Yeah. And and I think, like, guilt is often a contributing factor to things as well. Um, and when you realise that you don't need to feel guilty for things, like, you know, I went away for three weeks. My husband and my kids are here in Australia. Mm. I could have very easily felt exceptionally guilty about doing that to the point that I wouldn't go right but all ruining your time over all there. ruining my time there but I think like obviously having supporting people in your corner and who um, empower you to make those decisions is really important as well because I know not everybody has that luxury but mm. um I didn't feel guilty about going away a I'm going to see my parents right. like, you know, so right. feel guilty for going right. to see them and then going to Ibiza was, you know, like, my husband knows how much that meant to me. He would rather stick pins in his eyes than go to Ibiza. Mm. So it's not like I'm going and doing something that he's missing out on. Right. But he's supporting me in going and doing that mm. and having that experience and then seeing what comes of it. Mm. And, you know, I will be back again next year. And even on its own of how much it's filled you up. Yeah. I, I, yeah. You know, even as an endpoint. Yeah. Yeah. is worth is absolutely and yeah. if I'm happy and living my fulfilled life then the people around me are going to be happy yeah or happier than yeah. if I wasn't because I'd be miserable and depressed and That's not very it. pleasant to live with that yeah um, whereas now like music and what I do has become such a part of our lives um like I, I had some decks in the living room um and that I've just brought back from the, the DJ school. And I, I started playing them one Saturday while Steve was making pizza. This is now a Saturday thing. Like, oh, he's like, get the decks on. Like, amazing. He's making pizza. And oh, so it's like... Some drinks and a, yeah, it's a little... It's like, he's getting... I said, you should be paying for me. Do you yeah. know who you've got playing in your living room? As a job, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should be paying him for the pizza. But... Um, yeah, so it's like just being able to incorporate your oh, passion. Yeah. Um, Gosh. Um, so, but there was there is one thing I wanted to mention mm. before we go too far off that topic, which was about having, uh, you know, finding opportunities and getting gigs and things like that and how people don't do the things that they need to do. Um, obviously, the, the Rod Richards one paid off for me, and that wasn't, intentionally me going I have to do this 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 and this Mm. it was just me genuinely doing the things that I thought I would need to do for Mm. you know not even need to do I was just being me so this is really natural just being me um but there are um I, I teach the students if you want to go and play somewhere you have to have been and checked it in that's it like you've got to have gone you've got to be supporting the venue you've got to support the promoter you may get there and realise it's not for you. Right. Um, but the places where I do want to play and the promoters I do want to play for, I go and support their events. I don't go out every weekend. I've no. got a family. I've got other things going on. I love a Saturday night in front of the, um, you know, watching a movie with the homemade pizza after we've been on the decks with a bottle of wine. That's my idea of a mm. perfect Saturday night. But I will make the effort to go and support events and venues that I want to play at. Mm. Yeah. And only a few only a few will have the courage, which comes from all that work on self worth. Yeah. It's okay to be rejected, it's okay for things not to work out, it's okay to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. 
you must feel uncomfortable if you're going to be in the arts. Yeah. You are going to feel uncomfortable or you're going to stay home and nothing will happen. Yeah. And I think getting used to the idea that it's okay to feel uncomfortable yeah. and feel out Absolutely. of your comfort zone and like, oh gosh, this is a bit scary going here and I don't know anyone, but yeah. I'm going to do it. And why? The why. Because it's worth it because I want yeah. so I want this life. Yeah. And if you want it and you're worth it and you deserve it, well, then you'll, then you'll yeah. do it. But yeah. that takes a but. A bunch of sort of self-talk there. It does. It, it Otherwise, is. It, and I, yeah. I probably wouldn't have done it if I was in my twenties. Like I think that again, timing, like right. learning all of those skills over the past couple of decades has allowed me to go. It is all right to fail, mm. or it is all right for them to go. Oh, thanks, but now, right? You know? Literally, yeah. It's like, yeah, okay. Not meant to be. What it was like? And yeah. and what am I exploding? <laughs> yeah. No. Um, I think, I think getting older is fantastic, (laughs) you know, the, what you learn is, it's, it is. Yeah. And I was, I don't think I was the oldest there at the time, but I was definitely one of the oldest. And the number of people in their early twenties that were freaking out about how old they were. To Stop start it. DJing. Stop it. Because was, they're not 16. Yeah, it was insane. Holy because my. they're like, oh my God, I can't believe it. You know, I'm in my 20s now. And I'm like, what? I think we see there's one path of how to do something. Yeah. We're presented with one path, which is, and I mean, people love this in the media. They love so-and-so, this year, this many years old, you know, achieving yeah. these things. They love that. Yeah. It's really... um unhelpful it doesn't serve people because it doesn't matter when you come to this thing if you're yeah. 16 and you've figured out what you want to do when you figure great if you're 40 something great yeah 70 great like yeah um anything coming up um i've got the island on the 26th of march so is we've this, booked another one in is this glimmer for glimmer fantastic yeah which will be great um but like uh, for me, it's not necessarily the quantity of the gigs mm. that I'm doing. It's the ones... Yeah, well, not quali- not quality from a, oh, hey, look, I'm playing this. No, no, no. It's something where I, I'm... Because inve- when I play a gig, I'm absolutely invested mm. in that gig. Like like I say, I want to plan what I'm going to play and um, all that kind of stuff. So mm. I spend a massive amount of time in preparation mm. for it. Um, and I can't do that for every week. No, and you I, can't. And I can't give that level yeah. if I was doing it every week. Yeah. Like, some people can, like, you know, and but they don't have if a day have job a day, and, and a business kids. and kids and all that kind right. of stuff going Right, necessarily on. a relationship. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, for me, it's about, like, prioritising things and um, you can do it all, mm. but you don't have to do it all at once. Right. Like, you know, so, yes, I can spend time producing music. Yes, I can spend time... DJing mm. um, and teaching and doing my day job and spending time with my husband and, and your kids. going out with the kids and all that kind of stuff. You can do it, um, but you can't do it all every day. No. So it's you know picking how you want things to to work out. And it sounds like a calendar on a wall kind of. Yeah, and um, but so having gigs that I really want to invest in mm. is what I want um, on my kind of radar. If I only play twelve gigs next year, mm. I will be super happy with that. Yeah, and there'll be. 12 gigs that I have invested myself into. Thank you very much for coming, Nikki, and for talking to us. It's been lovely. Thank you. Good luck on everything. Thank you very much. And we'll talk soon. We will. What I loved about this conversation with Nikki, she's so real and honest and authentic, and she's going after what she wants. She's aware that she's got one life and it's up to her to make things happen. And of course, you know, there's things outside our control, but she's doing what is within her control. I think also having started relatively late, especially what she said about doing your shot in 2018 and people in their 20s, or I think she said early 20s, and thinking, oh, they've left it too late because, you know, we hear about people who are starting at 16. But she could have let that stop her and then she wouldn't be doing all these wonderful things. She wouldn't be having all these great feelings and experiences and a sense of fulfillment and um, a sense of bringing what is within her into the world. And 
yeah, I just, I loved that conversation. I hope you guys got something out of that. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, there'll be another episode next week. You can, that's my cat walking around. Hello. And um, you can follow the show on uh, at, like Facebook and Instagram. It's Carmel Creative, Carmel with a C. Um, my electronic music is Carmel with a K, um, just to confuse you. But yeah, at Carmel Creative, I'll be posting everything I'm doing from music, uh, electronic stuff, classical photography, um, and the podcast, of course. Hope you are all having a good start to the new year and tune in next week.